who has been everywhere early on. Oh, oh. He's going to get his fourth. The dancing feet of Doug Mullen, Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphy. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs in his face. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon footy club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, so we were all kind of excited and, you know, yeah, it wasn't convincing, but we beat the Gold Coast. We went, okay, win's a win. Let's yeah. see how the Saints go. <laughs> and... Um, and yeah, not the best result. We will just say in the most beautiful political tone of not the best yeah. result for the club. Uh, better for the run. Uh, better for the run. Better for the run. Yeah, we can do all the uh, all the sayings, uh, learnings. Yep. Uh, yeah, learnings. Yes, patience. <laughs> all of that stuff. Yes, taking it one practice match at a time. Um, That's it. So yeah. So how do we view <laughs> the result? Uh, I, I've, I've had the unfortunate um, time <laughs> to watch it a second time. Um, time to watch it a second time. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. think you're right, yeah. Uh, so if you heard my Patreon, and you know, Patreons obviously would have heard our instant reaction. We do a reaction show literally half an hour after the game. We're sometimes a bit more raw there. <laughs> so... Uh, I've had well, that. that's a, that's half the fun with the the that's half the fun of it. it. Yeah, yeah. Quite quite literally is our we're fans reaction. and we're not. Oh. Happy. Yeah, I, I was I was you know I would say controlled gutted. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so I, I look. I think what it did it stemmed from pretty much the same game last year. We played the Saints at Marvel. We had that major practice match before we're going to play Geelong in round one. I think we remember us saying. You know, hopefully we can get our act get our act together, show some really big form, and so it can lead into round one. And we just didn't turn up, and the midfield didn't turn up, and and we were smashed. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny just going to this year. It's just ironic that we're playing St Kilda again, the same team going into round one. Thankfully, it's Hawthorne, not Geelong, uh, this yeah. time round one. Um, but I so I guess how I had those memories in my mind of like oh, please have a better outcome in this game and give me so much more than what we had last year because I don't want to have a panic attack over the first four rounds again and us just not turning up for the year. Uh, and then what happens is uh, we kick, what, three goals, 14, uh, and we, we lose by around 30 points. Uh, sorry, I don't have the exact scoreline, but you know what I mean, five goals. Uh, yep. They kick 10-7, we kick 3-14, um, so, yeah, it's, it's so many little emotions happened after the game. And, and to watch it again, I must admit, if, you know, you, I always have two different reaction shows. I have my, my emotion side and then now it's a bit more what I see. And I wouldn't say analytical. We're not, we're not like the deepest analytical guys. We don't go into champion data and get everything like that. No, so it is exactly that driven. Yeah, it's, um, there's really good podcasts for that. Uh, so... For me, it's it's um, what 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 will I, have I seen working on at training, and have I did I see anything the second time I was watching it? Did I see anything come about? So 
I am happy to say I have softened a bit <laughs> since my approach. Uh, and though I, I have clear frustrations in a certain area of the ground, which we'll discuss, uh, I can see positioning and structures um, definitely coming along. And it sounds odd when, when you have that kind of game, but there's small things you do got to look into. And, and when I watched it again, there was definitely a lot of moments where the Saints did find it fairly hard to get around us or they had to go very slow to to transition up to the football. Sometimes even their slow was probably a little bit too easy sometimes. We were actually more so, so much concentrating on the fast fast kind of transition um, that they we probably just had guys a little bit uh, loose 15, you know, these little 15-meter chip, chip kicks up the field that was getting a little bit too easy. So they were more... Typical line methodical. Um, so, yeah, it's the positioning we've definitely had in training just a clear shape that we want to have around the ground and how we want to look. Uh, I, I know this sounds funny. If you, if you think of the games this year, right, so obviously predominantly they're mostly at Marvel because you play the, the, the teams, you know, the Dogs and Saints who North – all those teams that have Marvel as a home stadium, we have our home stadium. So half of the games this year are at Marvel. Then you a huge amount of games are then at the MCG. Then you go to Perth. Uh, so all these games are sheltered from wind. Uh, so I, I couldn't help think if you're an internal person at the club, and they would never admit this, how bloody frustrated they would be that the Gold Coast and St. Gilda game was basically 30 knot winds uh, that really couldn't help us um, in some ways keep working on 100% of what we've been trying to do at training. And what I mean by that is, say, say obviously when we're kicking against the wind, um, we tried to keep our shape. Now, that didn't totally always make sense because our shape is how we've been designed at training is to try and kick it into the deep for, into the forward line and, and try to secure the ball, keep it there and then, and find it, give it a hard time for the saints. We kept that shape almost as a methodical approach uh, to what we've been training on. Uh, but there's a 30 knot wind against where you cannot kick the ball 35 meters forward. And what is it's doing? You're 80 yards out, but the ball drops you know, 35 yards out instead of 15 yards out. And, or the opposite, we're kicking it from the center bounce and it's only hitting 60 meters out instead of 35 meters out. And we just could not have, I don't want to say the word IQ, uh, but we just didn't have those smarts in those conditions at that particular time uh, to set up the field right. So Peter Wright and Jonesy and that could get more into the game. If it was for four points, you'd be livid about the lack of smarts of not doing that. But I couldn't help think, and I'm, I know I, I know I'm giving a bit of an out, but I couldn't help think they've been so drilled in that shape of what they've been training on that that they just could not get out of that rhythm. And these stupid windy games that we've got, it just has not served us well. And you know, I'll, I'll be very very interested to see how we play at Marvel uh, against Hawthorne because. Yeah, for many, many reasons, but I'll be just interested to see because they obviously have that protection of, of a dome, right? So they can they can keep their shape. I'll be interested to see how that looks like. So the positives were 
I thought we kept our shape quite well. I mean, St Kilda, it's a four-quarter game. St Kilda only kicked 10 goals. They've only scored 67. They haven't haven't got run-ons. They haven't had anything like that. They haven't, you know, gone nuts. Even when, they've, when they had the win, they didn't have an eight-goal quarter or anything like that. We didn't – we defended – uh, pretty well, our small forwards defended really, really well. I thought Menzi and, and Waller and, and Davey really chased hard. Some of those positives I, I, I found, really halfback positive. We'll talk a bit more as we go along, maybe in the second break. So it comes down to me is if I'm Brad Scott, I go highlight, okay, there's some things we worked on. I can understand. I think we did – I think it was a stepping stone – but this midfield, this experienced midfield, not young, this experienced midfield has to get their act together because 30 less contested footy is the game in this game. So, by the way, I've been silent so far. There it is. Okay. That's it. Keep going. Keep they, going. They have to get their act together. They're, they're all individually have their moments as great players. We've seen the Darcy Parish breakout year. We've seen, we know it's Zach Merritt. And Zach Merritt, you could tell, was trying hard. So I'm not going to pin him down. Setterfield tried hard. I'm not going to give him. But there's other guys around there. And, you know, the rest of the guys that I haven't named uh, have to help out uh, and have to high pressure. Fierce contested footy. Now people say, come on, it's just a practice match. But I always have Robert Shaw in my ear saying, you pra- you train and you have practice matches how you want to play. You drill in those standards no matter what situation. So it's second nature and that's how you build consistency. So that midfield has to get its act together. It cannot do what it did last year uh, or, um, and I'm not going to doomsday because it was a practice match, so... I, I do believe in these guys individually. I, you know, you're talking Shields' second half of last year. We know what Parrish's previous year was. So we all know individually they can perform at a high level. But them as a group have to have an in-sync approach, an in-sync standard set for this club to move forward because they're at the age where they should be leaders around that club that, dr- that should be the engine that drives everything. It shouldn't be... Alwyn Davey, that's we're all talking about, about, wow, he's the highlight. He's chasing everything down. It shouldn't, we should be having that same eagerness with guys who have not been performing over quite a number of years. Um, well, at least perform, didn't perform last year that we were 15th. We yeah, finished 15th on the ladder and nearly every metric defensively was 17th or 18th. Uh, so that's my little spill. There's definitely positives, but I want to put the blowtorch on that midfield group for round one because I'll be watching them very closely and I expect them to lead this club as experienced people that were drafted many, many years ago. Okay. Not sure where else you've left me to go there, really. Sorry. You just summed up the entire game in one hit, so maybe we should just go to a break because I'm not sure what else I can say, really. Um uh okay so as much as i know you mate and i love you to death i call bullshit on the um uh on the wind i call bs on the wind right like (laughs) the fact that we couldn't kick 35 meters did not um have anything to do with the fact that we were second to the football 30 um more times the midfield who 
is the people that oh, get... Oh, yeah. The, that, yeah, yeah. That unconsented first year. It's got nothing to do with the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, and then the fact that when you're kicking the ball, the 30-odd the wind was exactly the same way in the next quarter for the opposition side. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No but, doubt. So, so, but, so this is my point. And I appreciate that the... the, the um, the club might have been practicing some a certain way during the um, preseason, and that's all great things, and and as they should. Um, however, um, it's just last year and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. Every single year we get high, we get fired up, and uh, every single year we might win one preseason game, and everybody gets um, up and about. And then, like you said, we get absolutely pounded by St Kilda in the last round of the. Um, of the last round of the um, uh, the preseason games, and we come out and go, well, that was that was an abomination. It was just a preseason; doesn't matter. And then we get absolutely destroyed by Geelong the next week. I just, from my fans' point of view, I just think ten years ago, fifteen years ago, or whatever it is, Essendon could treat a um, a preseason game with disdain if they wanted to. They could turn up play for 15 minutes and just say, yeah, you know what? Um, we, we, we've got the players in the midfield. I'm not concerned. Um, no <laughs> 20, worries at 20, all. 20, 25 years ago, <laughs> let's say. Yeah, 20. Oh, so 20, 25. Yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> we could say, yeah, you know what? Um, Merritt's an All-Australian. Parrish is an All-Australian. Um, Shirley's a gun. Uh, Setters, he's going he's gonna to be all right. We know he'll be good. Um, we've got Caldwell. He's coming off a uh, – we'll, we'll run him around a little bit. Hobbsy, all good. Um, we know he's all good. We don't need to push these boys in a practice match. They will flick a switch um, in 14 days' time or 13 or whatever the hell it is. They'll flick a switch. They're veterans. They know how to play when the when the real stuff starts. Unfortunately, <laughs> they don't in that 20-year period, we don't have that history. Mm. So wouldn't it be nice just to see an Essendon side come out and treat not six quarters of six periods of whatever BS game. That was, I don't know what that was. But the anyway, Gold Coast one, yeah, yeah. The Gold Coast one, right? But the St Kilda game where you played your close enough to your best side that's available, wouldn't it be nice to see everybody go hard? Now, I know they've got loads and they've got limits and they've got running loads and all that kind of crap, but it would be very nice from a supporter's point of view to see that side, to see a poxy side in St Kilda, in my opinion. They're, they're no good, right? They've got no king. They've got no nobody in that side for a, a side like Essendon to come out and beat St Kilda. Uh, and I just think that the lack of effort is the number one thing that we didn't do last year. So we've had an entire preseason and the one and top metric that we have as a club, contested possessions, hardball gets, all that stuff that we didn't do last season, we still didn't do in that game. Mm. Wouldn't it be nice if we came out and just destroyed them out of the middle? Because then you and I would just shut the hell up. We wouldn't know what to say. So I I look, I appreciate the watching it the second time. And look, if I look at it too, there was the first 15 minutes of the game, domination. We looked great. We were moving the ball. It was all good things. I just think I would very much like to see, and it's only one practice game that actually meant anything great. So calm down a smidge. But it would be very, very nice to see what kind of club we are. Now, from that game, I appreciate we are a fast-kicking team and because Brad Scott's come out and said he wants to use foot more than hand, fine. But, and this is one thing that's got in I sort of 
mostly me, but then Scotty, when he thinks about it, goes, yeah, uh, I probably need a bit more information there before I can make any statement on the subject. But please, 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 please tell me that the amount of times the ball was bombed inside 50, just a big windy wolf. To no one's advantage, I think is the key word. To absolutely no one's advantage. And like, I know it was, it was tough and it was windy and it was no good. And sometimes when you've got the wind, it's actually pays to kick it from half back and actually put it in the square because the ball's going to be assisted by the wind and stuff. But We've got a, one of the best leading forwards in the comp in Peter Wright, who's on his days the most accurate kicker, uh, a full forward in the comp. Without no wind, um, yes. Without any wind, right? <laughs> We've got Harry Jones, whose game is not to have the ball dropped on his head. He's a leading forward. And Weedman, bless his perfectly chiseled abs, is not exactly a contested ball beast, right? You've got three leading forwards and you're dumping it in their head. Now, Again, in a game like that and in, in wet weather games and stuff, you hear the old adage of get it forward. Just get it forward um, and move the ball forward at all costs. Okay, cool. Let's move the ball forward at all costs. But that final kick inside 50, we've been doing it for 10 years. We just bomb it in there. Now, if the game plan is get it inside 50, get a contested possession, then set up around the ball, keep the ball in there and score a goal, Geez, I'd love to I'd love to hear that from the club or something because all you're basically doing in that case then is you're using your three forwards as battering rams. They're just there to make to go up, get pounded in a in a contest. The ball's going to hit the deck, and hopefully Davy Waller Stringer and whomever else is going to rove the pack and kick a goal. Or we're going to get a contested possession um ball up and we're gonna dominate the ball up. We're gonna keep it inside 50, we're gonna have time inside 50 and score a goal. I just don't know which which one we are at the moment. And again, it's still not clear from the game. The one thing that was clear was the performance of the people that should be leading the pack. I'm not going to mention Zach's captaincy because it's not even like he hasn't been captain yet, technically. Um, but Merritt, Parrish and Shield should be high 20s in a game like that. Show Davey. Like who Davy looked like he wanted his position, like he was desperate to get a game of football in round one, and he played like a gun. Menzi, same deal. He's been playing like a bloke that wants to play round one. The the midfield that we've got at the moment and in that game just looks like they're going through the motions, and that's fine. Uh, on Saturday against the Hawks, we'll just flick a switch and we'll be all Australian footballers. I just think the club, the club. We've run out of time. You've run out of time. We don't expect you to win the premiership this year. Or next year. But we, ex- I think I'd be right in saying that we're a bit all impatient for consistency as a club. And it's from, cons- from, the, from that older group, I think it's really. Uh, yes, from the older group. Yeah, yeah. I, I made the argument on Twitter um, that as much as the narrative is patience because we're a young side. Yeah, it, it wasn't overly a young side that ran out against St Kilda. I would even argue that St Kilda, especially in the midfield, I would argue St Kilda were younger. I like the the you know Hobbs, Sardis, Cox, Reed. Um, uh, uh, you got oh, I'm trying to think of Moore's Hayes. You know, Jaden Davy, Mankara. Yeah, you know. Caldwell's only young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, and obviously he missed most of the game through injury, but so. You, you did, we didn't have those kind of top 15 pick guys 
playing outside of Perkins. Uh, so, and, and now when obviously, yeah, what was we pick 43? So it wasn't, we were actually quite, we were fairly mature as a side. It wasn't like an overall, you know, Laverto, Ridley, Kelly, backline, you know, that's Redmond. These are all McGrath. These are not, you know, Setterfield, Merritt, Parrish, Shield. you know, these aren't old names, you know, these aren't, sorry, young, young names. These are guys who have been around the traps, know the, know the stuff, and they're who we're kind of needing to lift. Not, no, but it's not, not kind of. It's not kind of. It's absolutely. They're the guys that need to be They've got to take the, the club front. forward. Yeah, they've got to grab absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't expect it. Everybody knows my wonderful opinion on whether um, um, Ben Hobbs should be playing or not, right? I, I Look, the kid did really well, and I stand corrected that he now has 15, 18 games or whatever he played last year, um, more experience than he would have if he was running around in the Magoos. But um, we can't expect Hobbs and and Setterfield, for that matter, or Weedman, for that matter, to come in and pull a Deb Smith and win a, a best and fairest in his first year. It's got to be a McGrath, Merritt, and Shield. They're three very capable footballers, right? From round one, they've got to demonstrate to all the other kids and to the supporters what we're about. Mm. And I know that maybe they've got a niggle or two that they're not telling us about, and that's going to hurt them, and they, like you've always got to take that into account. But 30 less contested possessions is unacceptable. It's not It's not cool, and it's not the way you want to start a season. No, no. So let's look. Let's go to a break, and we'll go more into kind of the – we've already spoken a little bit, but more into the individual performances. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, we've just sort of, uh, we've given a bit of a, um, a summary, both of us there, of the game. Have we got any positives from the outcome? Well, look, like I mentioned, I thought Alwyn Davey, he's definitely, you know, the first two games, really been a, done, yep, played done, himself into a spot. done nothing wrong. You'd have to think it 50-50 or, or in a spot at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, like, he's doing everything everything right. Uh, gee, he moves well in traffic. He has this... He's a very evasive dude, very. Time seem, I love players where time seems to slow down and you go, there's three guys around you, why aren't they running in to tackle you? And they're so paranoid about what he's either going to do with the footy or... Which way you're going to go. Or which yeah. way he's going to go. Um, so, look, he it's been a really, really impressive and I think one of those players when we go, can't believe he was pick 43. Uh, <laughs> so... I tell you what, he's he's taller than his dad. He looks like his um his uncle. Mm. Um, it looks like Aaron Davy when he runs. He's very very el- elusive. He's one of those players for me. The higher he goes up the ground, the more I find him appealing. He does some really nice things, and I can see yeah, why he I can see why he likes midfield time. Like he always talks, he talks about a little bit how he actually likes to be a mid. Uh, where J- Jaden, his brothers, loves to be a small forward. So. Really interesting dynamic they're going to have there. Kind of that Cracker Brothers kind of feel. Um, bring it, bring it on. So bring it on. Uh, look, I I thought Will Setterfield was really really solid. Um, uh, you know, twenty five touches, fourteen contested. So when you know, if you heard the first segment, 
Um, he wasn't one you would point to as far as not contesting the footy. I thought um, he had his head over the footy the whole game, uh, tried to will himself the footy, uh, six tackles and 14 contested possessions. So work rate really, really high. So like really been solid the first two rounds and uh, it was either – you know, it was one of the players who basically said, look, you know, it would be – I'd be surprised if he didn't play round one and so would I be. I think he's pretty much yep. there. Um, I thought even though he didn't impact the scoreboard too much, he had a few uh, missed kicks, which is unlike him. I thought Peter Wright worked hard for the whole game. Yeah. I thought he, you know, he presented really well. Uh, yeah, so I thought he had – I thought he was probably our best forward – um, as far as the well, the, the the marking forwards, you'll say. But the the further he got up the ground, the more he got into the game, and I thought he was looking really good. So Sam Wiedemann cameo kind of performance um, had his okay moments. You know, I think he had about ten or eleven possessions and five, about six marks or five marks. Um, did enough uh, for me to keep you know going okay yeah there's there's something there's something going on that's yeah, that's absolutely. pretty good for, for no, one game yeah no doubt in in better conditions you know these guys come more to the fore uh i thought jordan really half back was really really impressive uh he's had a he's had a, actually a couple of good games i thought the gold coast game he was strong um i i thought he was just a bit off his game and that was a little bit to the role he was playing and everything but i feel like he's i'm slowly seeing the jordan ridley we're kind of used to in these first two kind of practice matches, uh, he just looks more settled at the moment. Looks like he's um, really controlling the halfback. Uh, gee, um, <laughs> I don't know, slim pickings. And it sounds bad, but it is a little yeah, bit slim pickings. Um, I mean, there's guys like Nick Martin who got the ball 22 times, got in the right positions, did everything Nick Martin did, but just unusually didn't have a great skill day. So... He's the, he's, the, yeah, he's the one, I, you know, you go, you just, I know, I don't want to be lazy, but you you go, okay, well, that's a one-off. Um, he just didn't, ha- he just didn't, had an off-kicking day. It happens to, it happens to the best of them. I've even, I've had seen yeah. it, I've seen it happen to Merritt. I've seen it happen, you know, but he was still in the right positions, in the right areas, getting the ball. And, you know, you know, when we do play at those other grounds, um, that, that he will Nine times out of ten, kick the ball a heck of a lot better than that. So, hmm. so the boys, the boys appears to be human. <laughs> yes, which is a nice no. Yeah. Um, look, Sammy Draper definitely got beaten on the day. He smashed in the hitout, so he didn't have a massive effect on the hitout. So that's a little bit of area that the guys are working. Yeah, yes, we did. You know, we won by two in clearances, three in center clearances, but. He, you know, I mean, when you look at the actual hitouts, uh, we're looking at. Sorry, I, I should actually have this. We have forty-eight to twenty-one. He, 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 we won the hitout, so that should give us a bit more dominance. And so they'll probably work on that ruck craft about how we can where yep. we're rucking. But around the ground, Marshall destroyed him. So I thought anyway. That's I. Marshall had twenty. But that's that's Sammy's number one number one issue. Yeah, yeah. Is about like he can he can pull off a miracle goal, sure, but. The second he becomes an influence around the ground, Sam Draper goes to a completely new level. Yeah. 
Yeah, Marshall one goal, twenty four possessions at the ruck. So he just he just as soon as the the, the bounce was done, uh, Marshall got well on top, and it was actually a big influence for St Kilda. So yeah. uh, Sammy can play better, but it wasn't through lack of effort. It just he can he just needs to play better, <laughs> uh, just have more of an effect around Pretty the ground. Much. Uh, look, there's not Sammy much. Durham. Sammy Durham. And, I, like, I like Sammy Durham this game. Yeah, like not massive numbers, but it, just the intent. He was tackling hard. Yeah. His body language was really good. Uh, but, you know, not a massive not a massive game as far as numbers, but you just sometimes look for just the body language and he was, you know, uh, had a free kick against for a dangerous tackle, which was clearly not a dangerous tackle. But, uh, but yeah, I yeah. thought I thought Sammy was, you know, at least had the right approach to the game. Uh, look, McGrath, twenty five from half back. The numbers look okay, but I still, I know it's. I me, maybe I'm being picky, but I just feel like I want more from him. I want more take on. I want more dare. I want him to influence things more. I don't want. Uber safety every time with the ball or 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 rush kicking. Um, but don't we have that guy? We have. Uh, do you want both flanks attacking like that, or do you just want the Massimo slash Hind? I think side? you need. I think you need to. I think you need a couple. I think you need. I, I, well, we've, we've never had it. Like most clubs, don't have that. Um, well, McKenna and Saad was obviously the the obviously the the example. Well, yeah, but but. Yeah, I, I no, I feel like because that's I always felt like that was his strength as a junior. So I still want him to play to his strength, and he's athletic. He's pretty quick. Uh, I just find him a bit safe still. Like I mean, but he's just a me. shutdown like, defender too. Like he's a shutdown guy. He's not a like the 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 criticism sometimes with Hind is that he's a breakthrough, breakaway, run with the ball kind of guy. But you do sacrifice a bit on one one-on-one defence. Andy down there is going to be a one-on-one shutdown defender first and he's going to be stuck with his man as opposed to running off him. Well, he had the ball 25 times. I'm saying if you get the ball 25 times, I just want him to be a bit more positive. In... I, I have the same concerns with Kelly. Like I have the same concerns with Kelly every time. It's like I know he's got a role to play, but when they get the when these guys get the ball, they're so slow or they're so sideways it's it, it still to me, just still for me, it's not direct enough uh, and it's not, not allowing us to get up the field faster. That's just me, but uh, yeah, okay. uh, look, there's, there's not much else. I know it sounds bad. Uh, I, I think the probably in some ways the positive for me came from the VFL. <laughs> uh, yeah. Patrick Voss in the VFL and, and Kane Baldwin at half back. Uh, and not and not that we're crying out he's going to take Ridley's spot, but uh, no. uh, just that he played really well, um, was really strong in, in defence um, and, and took some really nice marks. Uh, but Vossi, three goals, three, had a real big presence, you know, you know, from more reports in the second half really was the difference in the game. Uh, so he's not doing anything wrong, you would say. So I mean, even yeah. I was even one of the training watchers I was talking to today just said, you know, it's the first time I'd seen Brad Scott kind of talk to one player for quite a while, just by himself, and, and you could tell he was kind of encouraging him. But he was just chatting to Vossi for quite a while, and and you know, just, he just felt like because he goes to training every every session. His his name's Bruce, and, and he just kind of felt like. You know, it just felt like 
it's not far away the way Scott was paying attention to him to even today at training. Um, so, and just on training, good news. Um, Guelphie did full training. Mankara did full training. Stuart did full training for the first time uh, okay, today. Um, I'm missing someone. Coxie did full training today and Langford did full training today. So uh, okay, good. Th- that's yeah, that's at least some numbers coming back into our system. I, they're not when it, for most of those guys, they're not going to really be probably available for round one because they've missed so much footy, um, quite a few of those guys. But at least you think we're getting them into the system again. You know, they may play yeah. a VFL practice match. They may play – just start get some some match fitness and, you know, hopefully in rounds three and four that you can really start infiltrating these guys through the, through the side. Stringer did a lot of laps today. Hobbsy the same. I don't think they're too far away either. So – Really good. Um, so that was a little bit of a bit of an encouragement. Um, so yeah, the VFL had some positives. Uh, they had a nice twenty point win. The VFLW girls, uh, they were down by eleven at three quarter time. They came back and won by yeah. two points. So uh, good uh, win, great win for them. But that's their first practice match. So uh, there was there was some good things that happened, which is really good. Um, uh, Travis Cloak seems like a really good coach for for the VFLW, so um, I think he's been a really good appointment so far from what I've seen at training. Okay. So, uh, and the news today, Paddy Ryder uh, will. I don't know the official title, so you know, just that when, while we're doing this recording, it's just happened. So, Paddy Ryder, it seems to be close to a full time Indigenous welfare um, yep. uh, worker at the club. Uh, uh, so I don't know the official title, so sorry, but you, I think people understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, sounds like Narkel's going to be working one day a week at, at the club, kind of like an apprenticeship under under Ryder. So really nice setup. I think that's, uh, you know, when you have Dean Rioli as a board member and you start looking down the chain, um, down the family tree of, of, of all the employees, yeah. you start to get a really nice link of, of that Indigenous support program coming through. So... Uh, yeah, I was quite encouraged by that. Um, I'm not going to go too much because I know the social media comments on, on Paddy and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't, you know, I'm tra- sorry, uh, you're talking to the wrong guy here. I, I love, <laughs> I have a mad passion for people who reconcile and, and get back together and I think that's how we are, society. I, I love that sort of stuff and if he's if he feels like he's welcome and, 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 and really embracing the role and the club's at, then I think it's I think it's a good news story. So... Um, that's my personal belief, but everyone can have their own thoughts. But uh, I was encouraged, and I think it's a, I think it's a good step forward in an an area of the club where they struggled the last, you know, well for a while now, um, and we seem to have a really good setup happening and a really uh, focus. Um, and, you know, if if you're one of those Davy boys, I'm mean, I mean, you're now looking at Narkel, you know. Demioli, Paddy Ryder. I mean, these are guys are, are very well known in in their culture and big leaders, and so uh, you know you cannot be helped but be impressed. And I couldn't help think even just how much that will t- be uh, be of importance around Australia and and Indigenous players are coming through the system. I would, you know, I know you don't do it to do this, but I, they would actually see Essendon as now a very big. Um, club that they would uh, want to go to uh, with this, what's happening at the moment and how they're kind of setting up their structure for Indigenous programs and, and, and Indigenous footballers. 
There's some big names. Rioli names are big name. The long name's a big yeah. name. And there's statues at the front. You know, it's Ryder's a very big name. So that all happening. Uh, Davey's a big name in some ways. So that yeah. all happening and, uh, you know, hopefully that, you know, can, as a byproduct, attract um, really good footballers around the country that see the red and black as something that's really appealing and something they really want to try and persist and get to. So, yeah, it's they're the positives and there's always good things that happen and, you know, obviously where the club has started the, the work of setting up some seating around the outer wing of the of the hangar uh, of the hangar oval. Um, so hopefully that starts to come up and, and I think there'll be a bit of shade is there as well. Um, hope, hopefully everyone enjoyed the family day at the club on the weekend. Sounds like all the guys were there. Um, I don't think Draper wasn't there. Um, and he wasn't there today at training as well, but, um, um, probably that might be just a, uh, a certain topical virus or something at the moment. Who knows? But, uh, uh, but yeah, who knows? But, um, I don't want to predict anything, but, uh, so look, a lot of good stuff is happening uh, uh, around still. And, you know, we've been crying out for a family day. We've been talking about as a podcast, we need to get back to these things. So when you go to family day and then you see the outer ground having seats set up for members, you know, having Shay turn up, they're the things we've been saying on the podcast. I think you have to acknowledge that the club's listening. You were talking about setting up better indigenous programs. This is what's happening. Uh, and I know for a fact they're having very – um, talks about how to better communicate with members and and how to how to address uh, their improving the ways members experience. So uh, I, I'm pleased with how things are going. In that so there's the club as a whole is turning itself around, and I think it's putting finally putting things into action. So I'm sorry if I've dominated this whole segment. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm just let me go, mate. Just let me go. Very I just, just realised I'm like. I'm over Not long ago, <laughs> I got absolutely smashed for interrupting you to get uh, to get some part of the conversation. So I just wondered, I wonder how long he can actually talk for without me interrupting <laughs> um, and cover every single aspect. No, sorry, of you can't. Um, I'm not going to lay it that we, that we might have that we might have actually spoken about, but you've covered it all, dude. You've got absolutely everything: indigenous appointments, the ground. No, the it day. should be acknowledged because we we are as fans. We've been frustrated, and we've you know. But when there has been changes, and and there has been a review, and you're actually now seeing things physically and visibly coming out of that, putting into action, uh, you have to acknowledge that, and I think you have to support. The club, I hundred percent agree, and so uh, I'm very, uh, I do actually have some gratitude towards that, and and so uh, I'm very thankful towards that. So, but but I guess like uh, gratitude, sure, gratitude. That's that's great, and I think that's, that's a lovely way of putting it. But again, in 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 the business and corporate world that you and I will uh, work in, when you conduct a piece of research or you do some analysis or you you look at what's working. You do the whole start, stop. What am I going to start? What am I going to stop? All that sort of sort of Tony Robbins type stuff. Yep. Um, when you identify things like a, a club day, getting the and it's not it's not the the um, the marquee and the jumping castle that people want to do. It's the connection with the club. It's the connection with the Tullamarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the connection with being three feet away from from Matt Guelphy or heroes. two yeah. and a half feet away from this bloke or getting a hug, right? Or, or getting an arm around a shoulder and a photo for your kids. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about, right? On top of that, the, they identified the seats and bits and pieces. 
this is what should happen. Yeah. And it's been it's been very, very long period of time. And I I, I also commend the club. And I, when we spoke to Andrew Welsh um not too long ago, one of the new board members, he openly admitted it. He said, absolutely, we should have we should have been doing these things earlier and we're going to do them. Now, to, to echo your point, Scotty, when you see it happening not a year from now, not another like the end of this season or something like that, then we start thinking about seats and club days and stuff. The fact that it's happening pre-season and clearly as a priority of the club, that's the part that I'll commend. Mm. The fact that they haven't prioritised it at the bottom of their list, they've listened, they've written it down on a bit of paper, and then people have been allocated to action it. So that's to be commended for the club. I really, I really like to see that. Yeah, so we'll end off on that positive, even though despite the, the, the whole weekend uh, game. So, look, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you to our Patreons who support our shows. You can, if you're not yep. a Patreon member, uh, this is where it really kicks in uh, the Patreon site. You get an instant after-game reaction show. You get the Thursday night team show when they're, when they're announced. Uh, uh, and then you get uh, – we're going to obviously do quite regular VFL shows uh, with Paul Cousins. Yep. You're going to get the odd guest here and there. So uh, you get a lot of shows for your measly four, $4.50 or $5 a month. Four fifty. that's right. Yeah, and speaking of that, for the Patreon um, – for the listeners to this pod that are a Patreon listener, um, jump onto that Patreon site and check out the um, – uh, the notice that Scotty's put on there with regards to the changing of tiers. Um, the tiers are changing this year from uh, where we were at three bucks to sort of four to four to five dollars, depending on the US dollar. Um, and uh, uh, to do that, unfortunately, Patreon doesn't allow us to just transfer names from here to there. Um, we have to physically set get up a rid new of, tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up a new tier, and the three dollar tier will on. Um, April 1st. Is it April 1st, Scott? It's April 1st, isn't it? Around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around that time. Right? So um, for April 1, that $3 tier will unfortunately be deleted. And if you're still on the $3 tier, you're going to have to reapply um, to be a Patreon again, which we uh, sincerely hope you do. So transfer over now. It's it's a $4 increase, but when you look at the Australian dollar um, and versus the Aussie dollar, it can be something like 4 four fifty, four seventy five, depending on yeah. uh, the, the USD. We can't mess around with it. Um, it it's done in USD. So and four dollar, four dollar um, increase, increase just meaning it's going from three dollars to four dollars fifty or five dollars. So three dollars, not, not yeah, literally exactly four dollars yeah, increase in the monthly price. It's increase, just, no, 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 no. So yeah, four four dollars. Go and have a at look. worst a um, couple of dollars extra a month. Absolutely. So Scotty, like Scotty said, we've got um, I put on the Facebook page just recently that we'll be talking to another get another player really soon. Um, we're going to get uh, as many players as we humanly can get our hands on. And then some other great guests. I mean, we, we can get um, Roko back yeah, on yeah. Um, this year, Toomey's and um, all of those great guests that have um, given us incredible insights throughout the year, all available on our Patreon site. So massive thank you to our Patreon listeners. And also massive thank you to our, um, our regular free pod listeners as well. So um, Scotty, when's, I think the game's in like two weeks, isn't it, against the Hawks? Yeah, so obviously not this weekend, but the next. Uh, so yeah, yep. we'll, we'll um, at Marvel. Uh, we'll definitely be there, uh, and uh, yeah, very nervous, but cheering on the boys. <laughs> Absolutely right, mate. We've got to beat Hawthorne. Um, but yeah, we'll be cheering on the boys. We'll see you there, and then, like I said, for the Patreons team selection. Sorry, um, uh, post game reaction show straight after that Hawthorne game Monday for the standard pod um, reaction, uh, and then. 
uh, Thursday night for the team selection for the next week. So a massive thank you for everybody, listeners. We will uh, talk to you guys very soon. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Of course I did. Of course I stuffed up. Sorry, I pressed the opening track. Hey! <laughs> Look, we'll try to end this show once more on a professional manner. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you later. Goodbye.